With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 419 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined by the always smirking, the always chipper, white collar, except no collar, Willie Saylor. Willie, how are you? Wonderful. Can't wait till next next episode, though. Oh, my gosh. A marijuana well, reference. That, uh, that will be 420. Willie's baked. <laughs> wow. Very mature, guys. Why don't you write it on your Real mature. 11th grade science book, too? Straight away... <laughs> With the Eagle of Freedom and the Bronco of what's their record now? Are they two and five? Two and five. Okay, so they lost. So they were the hottest team for a time. They were the hottest team in the NFL. The Chiefs got lucky last week. They did. They are pretty. They are pretty good. That Mahomes is such a talent. They tried to dislo- dislocate his kneecap, but even that didn't work. Well, they successfully did that. <laughs> well, yeah, they did do that. They did dislocate his kneecap, but it wasn't uh, enough. They should have dislocated way more kneecaps than just the one. They play in Indianapolis this weekend, so. That's going to be a tough game. They're good luck, good. Casey. Good luck, Casey. Just just snap just snap true. We know you will. To my left, the pride of Baltimore County and natural bohemian. Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr. Hello, Daniel. How are you? I'm well. You may know him as the Wrestling Nomad on Twitter. You oh, may. You may or you may not. You probably do, though. Okay, so we've been doing our countdown. We're jumping straight into countdowns. Any matters of business to discuss, Willie, before we jump into the countdown? Uh, you know, that's what I was kind of like uh, thinking about, but there's nothing, right? There's nothing, there's nothing until there's nothing something. Even, and we could talk nothing a even more new about, happen. about Ohio State. New? No, nothing new happened. Well, you say that it's like it's a foregone conclusion, but usually things happen during the course of a day. And no. but yesterday, it's not very a slow news day. It's not a foregone conclusion. Sometimes that's good. It's fine. All great. Like sometimes, you know, you're working on previews or big boards or like seven big boarders commit in the span of one day. And you're like, hey, folks. Maybe we chill for a day. Maybe we just we just sit this one out. We let things kind of build a little bit. Mm-mm. Because I love the, it. Keep it. Keep the news coming. Nomad, as a cra- classically trained journalist, has to have some sort of like got to hit deadline kind yeah, of line. Yeah, I'm on deadline there. here. It's totally fake. There is no deadline. I didn't even get my quote. <laughs> yesterday. Get my quote, and I'm out of here, boys. Uh, working on Fridays would help. 
Ooh. Hey. <laughs> Shots I fired. I plenty on Shots Fridays. Fired. Just yeah. not in the physical location design. Or for I'm actually surprised to see you here today, considering Spade gave you the day off. <laughs> I did. I tricked him. <laughs> what? I How tricked did that him, happen? I tricked him into giving me the day off. Wow. He did yesterday. I, I was there. So shout out to Nomad for coming in despite that. On his day off. <laughs> How'd it go? So many I said, questions about all he this. He said, uh, all right, we'll see you tomorrow. And I said, maybe. And he said something to the effect of, all right, well, I guess you have the day off. And I was like, thanks, boss. <laughs> wow. And then he left before Spade could change his mind. All right. But you're here on your day off getting overtime. Yeah. It's so great. I saw Racking up time and a half. Good job by you. All right. So we'll begin with no matters of business to discuss. We'll just get straight to business. We'll talk about the number four. Number four. I'm having a hard time with it. It's true. It's the right ranking, but Wisconsin Badgers are right now ranked number four in the country. And I guess I just have to believe it, right? Is it, before we get into their team, their lineup, thoughts on just that sentence? Number four ranked Wisconsin Badgers, Willie. Well, they, they the other day it was in the, the show's document, right? So every, every day before the show leading up, we have a document so that we have some notes on what we're talking about. And it was in there in case we got to it. Number four, Wisconsin, and I about, like, fell off the stool. It just didn't seem right. Yeah. But they have a number one guy in Seth Gross, and they have uh, a number three in Wick, I believe. And um, they got some other pieces. So uh, I think it goes back to what you said yesterday about the one and two, the one, two, and three teams, and then this massive fall-off of a massive drop-off where teams like 12 to four are all bunched together so closely. The, um, the drop-off, Willie, is actually after number two. It goes like after number two. 119, 103, and then Ohio State's at 49. Mm-hmm. And then there's like so, yeah. 10 teams within 10 points. So, I mean, knee-jerk reaction is that um, Wisconsin can probably get to, to three or four, but that's probably their, you know, that's probably their high point. Um, and, and, you know, I saw number four, and I'm like, wow, that is that right? And then I looked at their composition of the lineup, and um, based on points and based on rankings, it is right. And to make matters even sort of crazier – they have some guys that aren't exactly maxed out. Like if you look at Tristan Moran and and Cole Martin, I mean Moran could finish well beyond his ranking, right? I don't know. I was looking at that. I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, certainly we've seen Tristan Moran beat some really good guys in his career, but that – level of consistency has it been there at at any point where you can say man i really i think he's talented i think it's it's a tough life for tristan because he's so reliant on crazy counters and and kind of basically not his stuff right i think i think it's hard to say he's a lot if he was like a straight high volume great leg attack guy i could see it but now he is someone that maybe it's almost a little chad reddish he could get really hot He's got some crazy stuff that no one in the country does. So maybe he does have well, a little Well, I guess more what upside. I'm saying I guess what I'm saying is that in the 
in my predictions in the crystal ball rankings, I did not have him placed, and I don't even know if I I didn't even have him in the blood round. And mm-hmm. somebody actually wrote me an email and asked about that and said, "What you're disrespecting Moran?" <laughs> I said, I, "No, you're not." So I'm not. I'm not. Uh, he could certainly do it. I'm not predicting he does it, but he could. If he took sixth, would anybody be surprised? I, that's what I'm saying about exactly they still right. have a yeah. little bit more room. Um, if he took six, I kind of would be a little surprised. I mean, not not wholly, but I mean, listen, my my current here are the best guys: Lee Demas, Pletcher McKee, Leith Red, G. That's like seven right there that I would say, and Tariq Wilson. I yeah, but I know. I no, but I really think is, I think those Moran guys are, gets. He gets some freaky wins. Not some freaky wins. He could pull one or two out. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, did he beat Nick Lee? Tristan? He yeah. has. Yeah. Okay. But then lost to him. Right. That he was also a- beat Mitch McKee, too. But then lost to him. Okay, yeah, top six. I'm sold. <laughs> but I, I do think those guys, I would I would probably pick them. And there's also the there's a, there's a gymnast in Ames, Iowa, who could, if he wrestles, Anthony Etchemendia, everyone could be in big, big trouble. Now, mm-hmm. so at the top, they're ranked number four. They certainly can do it. They've got a lot of guys. But in terms of bullets, well, a lot of bullet talk. Maybe we should maybe we should get a more um, a less extreme example. But we're using bullets. Arrows. Arrows no. in the quiver. No, we'll no definitely that bullets. sounds no. awful. Bullets. It's also also lethal. Yeah, arrows are lethal. Everything yeah. Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar. Um, regardless, here's their lineup: 125. Eric Barnett slash Mikey Cullen. Who will it be? Eric Barnett's a, a true freshman, so maybe if Cullen's uh, a little better prepared right now, he'll be the one that gets the nod, at, and Barnett could redshirt. 133, Seth Gross, 41, Tristan Moran, 49, number 12, Cole Martin, 57, Devin Barr slash Garrett Model, 65, Evan Wick, 74, Dow or Kratiger, 84, Johnny Sebastian, the headliner of who's number one in 2013. <laughs> Keep getting them checks, Johnny. 197, Pete, Christian, Pete Christensen slash Taylor Watkins, number six, Thor, Trent Hilger. Oh, yes, the hammer. I feel like they're big guns. They got three big guns. And I think they, I think where they're ranked is kind of where I see them being this year. I think Seth will win. Yeah. I don't see Wick able to, even though he's beaten Marinelli, who I think a lot of people are going to pick to win this year. I just think Chenzo and Mar- Marinelli, I, I'm not sure if he's beating those guys. Um, so I think he's, he's squarely at third. Right, but it maybe gonna be tough for him to get much, many more points. Hilger, I feel similarly. Like six, that's probably a good spot considering Kassar, Gable, the freshman coming in, etc. Tanner Hall, I I could see him beating a Tanner Hall type of guy. So I I don't see a ton of room for them getting major major more points. Whereas you know I keep coming back to Nebraska. But I just think Nebraska is a team that could, that does, right? 
So I think it's going to be tough for them to get much more than 40-some points where they currently sit. So while – here's what's going to happen. Wisconsin's going to have a good season. They're going to score – Probably comparable points to what they're projected to score now, 40-some. But 40-some points is never enough to get top four at NCAAs, right? It's just currently right now what, whatever. A lot of teams haven't right. been able to establish themselves. So they'll finish about where they are in a team like Nebraska or um, – I forget some of the other teams that I, I feel really good about them climbing a, a little Oakie bit higher. State could- Oklahoma State, Iowa State, UNI, a lot of those teams could surpass them. Arizona State. So, I, I see 46 and a half points is a lot of points, but it won't be enough for, for four. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good projection. I think maybe they might be at their peak, with the exception of maybe Haran could jump in. Right. And, and I don't know. I love Pete Christians. Do you? I mean, I love him. But he's a freshman. I mean, and it's 197. You know, we always say 197 is not – the deepest, but it's it's gonna be it'll be hard for has a lot of good guys somebody to break break in, and so I don't know we'll see I mean he could be an X factor too right? It's a great group of guys. So basically, your feeling is for whereas some teams that we have been discussing they're going to need to overperform or get really good performances out of say a freshman or a guy coming off redshirt or a guy coming back or a guy stepping in. Basically, Wisconsin's going to have to hold serve and just be what they are now for them to be in the title contention. Trophy contention. Or trophy contention, rather. Yeah, completely agree. Schedule-wise, the Badgers tournament, they'll go to Midlands. That's pretty much their only tournament. No Vegas for Coach Bono and company. Their schedule, they will open the season. They will kick off the D1 season as far as I'm concerned. Live on flowwrestling.org against Fresno Army Navy Uh, on a battleship, I do believe, in San Diego. Sounds fun. I don't know why I didn't go on that trip, book myself to do it. But Mike Mal is going with uh, a a flow grappling friend named Ryan Smith, who you guys don't know, but maybe you'll get to know him. He's a good guy. They also will duel. Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and UNI. So tough schedule, tough dual slate for Coach Bono's Badgers. Uh, thoughts, Stephen Kyle, on Badger Max? Yeah, they literally are the first duel uh, of the season. That's like 11 a.m. on Friday. So the battle in the midway can be Iowa City duels, except very legit D1 teams wrestling each other. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 it's it is crazy to see him up four, um, but with the points that you're gonna get from Gross, and then with Wick and Hilger and Moran and Cole Martin, it's a it's a really solid team from top to bottom. That's just gonna keep getting better too with the recruiting classes they're bringing in. So this could be where we see Wisconsin moving forward now. Love it. Um, I called the Gross. The biggest transfer <clears throat> of the last decade. Hmm. Is there anything that says otherwise? Well, you could say. Um, There's a lot in Andrew terms Howell. of. I mean, well, I would say Soriano. Soriano's up there. For Soriano, sure. you get three years. I guess just we didn't. We felt very strongly we knew where Soriano could be, but 
this was a this was an NCAA champ. It was a guy who went and did the thing. We thought Suryana could do the thing. We felt very strongly he could do the thing, but we he didn't get a chance to. Did how did how transfer with one to go or two to go? One. Because remember he didn't redshirt and made the he made the finals at sixty five as a true freshman, then he won as a true sophomore. And then, well, let me put. Well, no, you might be right. Damn, I'm having a hard time putting the pieces back together. Then try to put the pieces together, Miles. I think he got hurt. No, he was at Wisconsin. He got hurt, big hamstring injury. Was able to come back. This was a year Caldwell might have beaten him, and he was opposite. It was the year Burroughs won. It was a Burroughs. It was a Burroughs Howe semi. I think I'm remembering this. We could just look up the bracket, but. Um, testing my memory currently so I think he had three years at Wisconsin then left he took like he might have taken an Olympic or just a regular red shirt or both because he was like training at Michigan for a little Mm -hmm. bit there with with Herbert but then ended up at Oklahoma with Coach Cody and then made the finals but lost to Perry so some people bringing up Bubba Jenkins on Facebook uh, like three or four people are saying David Taylor. I don't really count that. He, he didn't just, transfer. He just got. Count. He just got out of a national letter of intent. That is not a transfer. And Bubba was more than a decade ago. Wow, not really. Definitely not actually. He won in 2011. Okay, so it was it was, it was <laughs> ten years ago. Well, well, no, it's 2019. No, this is still. not 2021. Do you think it's 2021? When did he, when did Who he won transfer? the 2020 Olympics, Nomad? When did he transfer? Uh, like right before that season it would have been 2010 okay yes yeah, so it was 10 years ago um all right <laughs> 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 that's how years work it was 10 okay okay um, math major not exactly 10. who else so how bubba what else are people saying Kyle? and again uh, someone said metcalf and mako but those bubba are- hadn't won in Blaze yet those are definitely more than a decade ago so okay so if you're just Mako- so if your bar is having, if, if my bar is winning an NCAA title, which is what it should be, well, no, not necessarily. Because a bigger tr- transfer impact is getting someone for more years. Okay. So Seth, Seth Gross is a one-year thing. You have Soriano for three years. He's second, first, and maybe another. Yeah. Ship. However, I mean, let, let's like like Metcalf. Metcalf, big, huge. Impactful transfer, but had never, he had never wrestled a regular match. So how do you? Yeah, I would say Metcalf's a bigger, bigger transfer than Gross. (laughs) It's all on how you want to look at it, right? Right. So how how joined Oklahoma before twelve thirteen? He redshirted and then wrestled thirteen fourteen, where he had the rivalry with Perry. Mm Hmm. So I would go. Gross, Suriano, and Howe, your top three of the last decade. Right here. And then Dylan Joshua just brought up a good one. Um, Gwiz following Pat Pop from Binghamton to NC State. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then – Gwiz was eighth. And, I mean, what that did for the program, too, was huge. Yeah. Um, And then uh, McKenna to Ohio State was also big. He was an All-American. And then for him to transfer to power program. Now I want to do this article. Biggest transfers ever. Yeah. Well, here's a picture when I'm not going to do ever. Yeah. 
Yep. When Perry beat Hal. Um, that it would be an interesting article, no man. So Go back Caldwell beat Howe in tiebreakers in the semis to get to Burroughs, where he was then majored. And then Howe wrestled Caldwell back to Caldwell, Caldwell, who transferred. also transferred. Yeah, Caldwell transferred. And everyone thought Caldwell was going to Nebraska. <clears throat> Remember that? Everybody did. It was like I put him in the rec- I think he literally verbaled. I put him in the recruiting rankings. <laughs> there, was, there was one year that Nebraska's recruiting class was ranked high, and it included like – who, Donnie Caldwell, Metcalf. No, it, it it included guys that like. Did I say Metcalf? I meant yeah. uh, um, the kid. Oh my God, McCauley. Oh, Destin McCauley, Downey. And and Downey and like, none of them ever wrestled an actual match for him. <laughs> Not so much. That's a tough scene. Uh, to the point about the recruits they're bringing in. Braxton Amos, Joey Zargo, Aiden Medora from the 2020 class, and then Hayden uh, Copas and Dean Hamidi from 2021. And I imagine that's going to be – they might get one or two more guys, but that's kind of going to be the meat of those two classes. Yeah, I wanted guys. to I wanted to talk about that too. It's going to be sort of fascinating – I don't. I mean, I, I assume they have a plan. I don't know how it's going to work out. They got Braxton Amos is arguably the number one 197-pound prospect in the country, um, where they already have a freshman in there, in Christensen. I I hear word around the campfires are talking about moving Christensen up, but if they move Christensen up, and he definitely can't go down because he's a big boy, um, then they're going to have Hilger. Copus and Christensen all overlap. So it's going to be interesting who comes out of that. Well, Hilger's entering his sophomore year right now, right? right. Mm-hmm. So Copus, well, I feel like Christensen's looking like he's going to be in trouble, like odd man out at 97 and heavy, because I don't see him beating Hilger at any point. And then Copus definitely has a higher pedigree probably coming out. Well, you could, but you could conceivably have a situation in which you go Christensen this year. Mm-hmm. So you could have two true freshmen this year, right? <clears throat> uh, Eric Barnett at 125, Peter Christensen at, one, at 197. Both those guys, by the way, finished number two in Willie's high school rankings. Christensen was number 23 on the big board, Barnett number 36. So just Where's like Christensen bringing in. from? He's from Montini. He's an easy guy. But follow me on this. Christensen goes. 197 this year, 197 next year. True freshman, true sophomore. Red shirts. Braxton comes in as a redshirt freshman, and then Hilger finishes out. Christensen comes up, and Copus goes. He's a senior next year, then red shirts. So Christensen could get three or four or full years of starting service. Okay. And and then Copus, well, Copus would have to sit what just one year? Yeah. Which is normal. All right. I guess that's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of guys they have uh, red shirting this year, like, you know, reinforcements going forward. Cal uh, Berwick, Josh Otto, Trey Escobar, uh, and then Daniel Stilling and Nicholas Termini are the other two <clears throat> freshmen. So, I mean, it's looking like there's going to be a – obviously there's going to be a drop-off from this year in terms <clears throat> of, like, if they win a trophy. I don't think they're going to be able to win a trophy next year, but – the parts are in place to 
make this a uh, solid team going forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's, sure. They're still kind of in that uh, new fa- – I mean, you know, we, we talk about this all the time with coaching changes. Like, not every, you know, coach dresser making – getting Iowa State to where they are this point in time versus, like, an Oklahoma, the the cupboards, right, the cupboard situation, what, what they had. Like, Iowa State had more than Oklahoma – Coach Bono came into a pretty good situation having Wick and Hilger already on board, and then you bring in a guy like Seth, and then you bring in a Moran, and um, you can be pretty solid pretty quickly there. So he had a decent situation he's coming into, and now he's kind of transitioning to that second phase of where it's going to be his guys, which is really exciting. So that's that's Wisconsin, uh, I think. Yeah, also Kratiger uh, could be sneaky. Yeah, what do we and think about that 74, 74 uh, uh, down Kratiger? Kratiger coming down oh. to 74 shocked me. Really? Yeah, he's, he's a 95 he's a in high school. Hmm. Yeah. He won Flow Nationals, right, at 95? Or did he yeah. win at 82? Uh, anyway, 95. I would assume that at some point he'll go to 84. Um, and he could be a he could, you know Flow National champ. He could be a really, really tough guy there for him. So that's the squad. That's the situation. And we'll move to Columbus, Ohio, where no one has a tougher preseason schedule than the Buckeyes, who scheduled the number three team for a match mm-hmm. tonight, live on Flow Wrestling. I can't I can't Isn't wait a, for it. Is it a wrestle-off or is it Scarlet and Gray? And Nomad, it's did a, you see that? It's a wrestle-off. Did you they, see Lehigh? Yeah, it's a wrestle-off. Lehigh's having a real zany situation. Willie, can you explain? I know. Yeah. So Lehigh in their press release for Wrestloff said brown and white Wrestloffs and which is going to confuse Nomad and maybe me too because Nomad makes a clear distinction between a brown and white inter squad and a Wrestloff and there's Lehigh three. called it brown and white Wrestloffs. Yeah, there's the inter squad, there's mm-hmm. Wrestloffs mm-hmm. and then there's the colors of your school. There's three separate entities. No. Incorrect. There's oh, two it, entities. There's two? There's, there's the, two entities. The so, Colors and Inter-Squad, the Wrestle-Offs are Wrestle-Offs. Okay. Um, that's a joke. Also, three is also a joke because they're all the exact same I thing. know, and you guys ran completely left with this. <laughs> all right. Ohio State, 120. Now, this is the zaniest. I don't know. They could go so many directions with this team. Mm-hmm. So many. I'll give you some of them, but who knows what they've got up their sleeves. They once pulled Kyle Snyder out of Olympic redshirt so that he could dethrone Nick Wisdowski and make their team finish really high, and it worked. 125, Malik Heinzelman, feeling good about that one. There's no one else, really. 133, Jordan Decatur, but could Pletcher come down at some point because he was a 41 now, but could he be a 33? Does um, D'Amelio factor in at all here? 41, currently probably Luke Pletcher, but Quinn Kinner's really good. Could Keyshawn Hayes potentially drop down if he loses the wrestle off to Sasso? At 149, we think it'll be Sasso, but he's got to beat Hayes at Michigan State. 57, Elijah Cleary or Jaden Maddox will wrestle today, but what if Keyshawn goes up if he loses to Sammy Sasso? Because how big is Keyshawn Hayes? No one knows how much this guy weighs right now, except probably everyone on that team. 165. Ethan Smith, but he's wrestling Carson Karchla. If Karchla's wrestling and he wins, do they go Karchla right away? 
that would maybe be advisable, but maybe not. Maybe you give him a year to get better. I think Cartrell's going to win the wrestle-off. 74, four-time Ohio State champion, Caleb Romero versus Rocky Jordan. Who's that going to be? Probably Rocky, if you ask me. 84, Gavin Hoffman. 97, Colin Moore. Then we're back with more shenanigans. Heavyweight, Chase Singletary. But wait a second, we're going to let Kirkfleet wrestle off. If Kirkfleet wrestle off, I think he's going to win, which means he's going to start, which means Singletary's on the bench. <clears throat> so, that's a... There's no one with more variables than Ohio State, because maybe they just redshirt Decatur. Maybe they redshirt Carson. Maybe they go everyone. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, but I like this team. I really am excited to watch them. Willie Saylor, your thoughts on the Buckeyes? Well, I mean, a lot of a lot of flux, a lot of permutations. But I think what what I what I sort of kind of don't like. I don't know. I like it and I don't like it. Like if if they're gonna have, and I believe that if I believe Plessler's gonna stay at forty one, I wholeheartedly believe that. What I kind of, I hate those situations, like a lot of times with Iowa and Penn State when it was Mark Hall. I, I, I hate when you don't, and this is selfish because the team's doing what's right, but you don't know who's going to be the end of the year guy until the second semester. Like if we go the whole first semester without Jordan Decatur in the lineup, um, I, I kind of hate that. But Ohio State normally doesn't we, do it like that, you know. They'll typically, yeah, yeah. like Miles. They, I'm pretty sure his redshirt was pulled pretty soon. Malik, uh, Malik, mm-hmm. they had, they pulled a little later. Oh, really? Mm. Not How too late? late though. I don't think so. Um, we can, we can look. I don't, I don't recall. Uh, it's January 11th. Dang! Wow. Really? What is that? Yep. He wrestled so much. I maybe it was. I wonder if it was just because it was such a foregone conclusion <laughs> that he was going to go eventually. Yeah, I felt. Well, yeah, but yeah, because I remember he lo- he lost. He did go to Midlands and lost. He did wrestle because he did Michigan State Open, Ohio Intercollegiate Open, Lindenwood Open, Midlands, and he wrestled on attached at Midlands. And then the next thing they did after Midlands was the duel with Indiana, and that was when they pulled it. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I hope, I hope to see Jordan early, and I think we will see Jordan early because um, I, I think it's established. I think it's it established sense. that. Yeah, I, I think it's established that um, Pletcher is going to stay at forty-one, and so the best option is Jordan at thirty-three, and I love it. Um, forty-nine. I saw Sammy at in Vegas, and he looked big. And I crossed my mind, what if he goes 57? But it sounds like he's going to be 49, and uh, I think that's probably locked in. Um, then How do you 57, think he does at 57? How does he, I think do, he would be fine. do against a Hydley? Uh, I, yeah, especially this year. I mean, I think he needs a year, year or two at – 49. I would I would expect at some point Sam to be 57 though. Yeah, but I'm just but saying if he goes up this year how, how I'm I'm asking about his prospects at that way. I I don't like him. I don't like his prospects as much as I like his prospects of 49. Yeah. I mean, Hadley's, I think Hadley's big, full-size, physical. David Carr is long and big and I think David Carr eventually goes up to 65. Um I just think he's 
his shot's better at 49. I think, I mean, he could win a title at 49. I don't know right. if he could do that at 57. Yeah, I think the the big dogs there, Deacon, uh, Hydley, even Caleb yeah. Young, just, they're so – and I hate I, – I don't think for a second Sammy is going to struggle against fundamental guys, but they are so good at the, the basic stuff. I, I just think it's going to be a hard – It'll be hard for Sammy to to beat those guys year one because they're so, so solid. He's not going to – he's so good in exchanges, and I feel like the exchanges that those guys enter, they just – they enter them winning. I think he matches up better with a car than a, <clears throat> than a, than a Deacon or a, even a Caleb Young just because there's going to be a lot of exchanges in there, and the more exchanges there are, there's a chance that he, you know, catches a guy in a cradle or in a scramble. He's really a, a creative wrestler. So – I think he makes sense at four, at 49 this year individually. But for the team, if you say, all right, Keyshawn Hayes at 57 again is like not – we just he's not a 57, we don't think. But he's probably a pretty dang good 49-pounder. He had been before. Maybe if you roll out Malik, Decatur, Pletcher, Hayes, Sasso, that's a, that's a really good first five or however many names I said. Yeah, possibly. I don't think. I don't know if it. I don't know if it results in any more team points. I don't either. When, when you do the math, I mean, it sounds better, right? But I don't know if it ultimately ends up in any more points. Um, so yeah, there's some flux in the first half, but I think it's a little bit more settled than the back half, where um, it could be the next three or four ways could be any number of guys and. And potentially new guys, you know, you're talking about freshmen in, in Karchla and Rocky Jordan, who we just said the other day, 13-0 uh, in his first wrestle-off. And, which, you know, which is he, – he beat a veteran, blanked him 13-0, which is a good sign. Um, it's just we haven't seen Rocky kind of in a long time. And at 65, Karchla, I, you know, I talked to his father at Super 32 and – I recall the conversation being something like I said, his, his car isn't going to go. And I recall the conversation going something like he'll do what the coaching staff tells him to do, but I think he's going to stay in red shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, we'll see there. I like, I, I th- mean, one, I really like Ethan Smith. I think he's good. If Ethan can hold 65, I think he's going to, I think he can have a nice year for them anyways. Give Karchla a year to, you know, do the things that red shirts can do, even though no man was making good red shirt points uh, on the last show, which was yesterday. So, but I am excited for that wrestle off 74. You know, Caleb Romero, man, it's interesting. We, we all really, well, he was kind of a mystery coming out of high school, which is strange for someone that kind of did what he did for time. But he, he was a stud football player, like one of the mm-hmm. best in the state quarterback total total hammer so he didn't do like the super 32s he didn't wrestle freestyle you just never really saw him much right mm-hmm. and he goes to dapper dan he loses to labriola i want to say really close one close match so you're like okay get this guy full year-long wrestling at ohio state amazing program talented guy with upside and and just <clears throat> it wasn't there last year i don't know if he was battling injuries or different things but he seems like he's a guy, he's on the path. He's working hard. It's just for whatever reason, the results weren't there last year. Now, is is some of that? There's 
the, 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 the development track for guys is just so different now that I think we can forget how, and lose sight of, okay, this takes a while. This can take about, a while. There's so many that, freshmen that are so good right away, but you forget that it may take a bit. That is something that is – it's an enigma. It is such a crazy situation how we look at guys now as compared to how we looked at them 10 years ago, 20 years ago. 20 years ago, you came in as a, as a freshman. It took a year or two maybe until you developed an All-American. Now, if a, if a top 40 guy comes in as a freshman – and he doesn't like he doesn't AA as a freshman or a sophomore. You almost write him off. It's almost like ah, oh, he didn't he didn't really pan out. He didn't really pay dividends. Twenty years ago, we would be saying, "All right, now's this guy's time. He's probably gonna he's probably gonna punch through this year, right?" Yeah. Now it's almost like these kids come in so college ready that you immediately you, you expect you expect them to produce way earlier than they are. And I think that's a very good point, Christian, because that's something we see all across the sport in almost every case. Um, among the blue chip guys, if they are going to be a thing, they are a thing early. Mm-hmm. And if they're not a thing early, they're probably never going to be a thing. Um, but yet there are outliers. And so I think your point is valid. Maybe this is now where Caleb Romero gets on that trajectory. And there are later bloomers that we see, guys that, you know, Ronnie Perry. There's a lot of guys that yeah, would, uh, yeah. Would come to I mind. Mean, but, not mean, blue, blue, but not blue chip coming out. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, but, Perry changed weight classes a lot too. But part of the reason, yeah, part of the reason to Willie's <clears> point <throat> about guys, like if they don't do it right away, the question is are they ever going to do it, is because of the same point that started it, which is that so many more guys are coming in college ready right away. Because if you take a guy, and you okay, he was around 16 at this weight. Well, there's three guys coming up who are mm-hmm. going to be immediate impact either as true freshman or redshirt freshman, and then all of a sudden you're right back in that same pack of mm-hmm. R12, R16. And I don't know if that's specifically where Caleb is going to be, but that that's a thing that, that happens frequently. Oh man, this guy's around twelve as a freshman. Just wait till he's a senior, and then he's still that's that that same guy in that same yeah, spot. Yeah, more other really good guys have come in. Four more blue chippers at the weight came in, right? Yeah. That are just a year or two younger. So, good point as well. So we'll see with um, Romero. You know, it's it's gonna be tough for him to get in the lineup with with Rocky there now. And uh, so yeah, I don't know what else. Um, you know, we're kind of making our way up. Hoffman, we've talked about more. We've talked about the heavyweight situation wrestling off. Why Why do you think – why do we think uh, Ohio State's saying, hey, let's get Kirkfleet out there right now, right away, when clearly you have a guy that's quality and Singletary <clears throat> who can win matches, who can maybe place this year. Why, uh, why throw Greg out there year one? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know beyond – um, Greg just wanting to wrestle and giving him that latitude and saying, you know, Greg saying, I'm going right now. I want to wrestle. I can't wait to get on the mat. Yeah. Uh, and so if you have a guy like that, a very, you know, blue chip, 
everybody a very coveted prospect and he comes in sometimes you have to give him that latitude and um while we say like on paper preseason pre you know we're in november of 2019 october 2019 um <clears throat> we say why you know why if they have a good guy in singletary would they use uh would they would they start kirk fleet he could use another time to develop. He could be more valuable in a few years. At some point, when they're, you know, when the team could win a national title, which it doesn't look like they could do this year. Um, there's a lot. There's lots of things. Like, number one, who knows what the situation is going to be in 2023 or 2024? Um, maybe he could be valuable. Maybe he couldn't. Um, maybe maybe there's a new blue chipper that comes in and and. Ohio State is fine at heavyweight in four years. Maybe maybe Mark Hall pulls his hamstring at Big Tens, and then now we have a team race on our hands, right? Yeah. Uh, any number of things. So I, I don't think, you know, <clears throat> I don't know. Every situation is different, and, and sometimes I – sometimes I will vehemently disagree with using a guy as a freshman as opposed to letting him wait and – this is one where I just think Ohio State, I think Kirk Fleet is fine. I think he's ready. I think he can go with all these guys. I think they're, I think they recruit well enough that in 2023, they're going to be fine at the position. Mm -hmm. I think that while it doesn't look right on paper now that they're going to, it doesn't look likely that they're going to win a national title right now. Maybe Rocky Jordan is ranked fourth yeah. by the end of the season. Maybe, maybe Vincenzo Joseph tears his ACL maybe wow. um, a lot of harm wished upon Penn State wrestlers by by Penn no, State Willie you know something could happen I don't know maybe there's a um, catastrophic injury a to Anthony Kassar's leg I don't know okay something that happens to Penn State to make them not as much of a favorite right maybe that closes the gap a little and Kirk Fleet you know maybe Kirk Fleet beats Cassiope and Kirk Fleet beats I don't know. Maybe Kirk Fleet's ranked third at the end of the, but going yeah. into nationals, and maybe Rocky Jordan's ranked fourth, and yeah. all of a yeah, sudden yeah. that gap closes. I, I think it's. I mean, I think it's something we talked about the other day, which is <clears throat> Ohio State wants to put their best lineup out there every single year because, as you said, they recruit well, and while they also recruit well, they don't know what is going to happen in 2021 and 2022. And he beat the number three ranked guy. To win the U23 spot. Mm -hmm. He had a 3-2 match with the number two guy in a folk-style match Gable uh, a year and a half ago, two years ago. So he's very clearly at the level. And Also, also if Jordan Decatur... Yeah. If Jordan Decatur is ranked fourth after Big Tens, Whoa. I'm not surprised. Whoa. Why? I, I would be. I'm going to need you to slow down. Why? Will. Why? <clears throat> Willie. Um, how about the other day? I forgot that Seth Gross is now a Big Ten guy. Um, mm -hmm. But you're telling me that there's shock and awe if Jordan Decatur beats Roman Bravo Young? He, he you're telling me there's shock? There's, there's shock and awe if Jordan Decatur uh -oh. beats Gavin? No. You, you say Gavin Gavin's not... It's gonna be Austin DeSanto. It's not okay. gonna be. It's not gonna be. All right, maybe, maybe. Austin DeSanto's are thirty-three. 
And no, I I would be okay. if Jordan Decatur beat Austin DeSanto, I would. Well, I'm not thinking. I wasn't thinking Austin DeSanto. Okay, let's start start thinking about him. <clears throat> well, okay. I haven't heard hey, official words. Listen, I mean, apparently you have. <laughs> I haven't heard anything official. I'm just. You're right. I'm, I'm assuming. Maybe it's not crazy because the weight is not as good as it was. But I just – I have a lot of questions about Jordan. No one's ever denied his talent. But doing entire six-minute matches has been hard for him historically. And now it's a minute longer. And now it's seven. And now when you take injury time, you're giving up choice. And, and he's a true freshman. This is Nomad likes to bring up this point a lot. He's not great on bottom. He has no, I, it's it's going to be a completely neutral path to the top four, which is just a hard. It's a hard life to live. A it Mickey Phillippe is a nightmare things. matchup for for Jordan. Mickey Austin Gomez would be, that'll be interesting. He gets yeah. Mickey Friday, November fifteenth. Yeah, I was going to say he gets Mickey early too. I, well, I know all these things. I'm I'm just saying, in the conversation about is is it a foregone conclusion, and maybe you don't use Kirkfleet. I'm saying there's a world yeah. and there's a hy- hypothetical which the things tighten up a little bit. I feel that. I feel that, homie. Um, yeah, you're... Listen, Decatur right, definitely is a guy one? that could be a top a top four potential in his career. I just think year one I, I'm not sure I see that. How about, how about this one? Instead of Instead of Jordan Decatur's ranked fourth in the country heading into nationals, how about at nationals, he could knock off a few guys and steal some points? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. No doubt. Okay. Yeah, the weight is not, you know, it's not uh, It's not what it was last year. All right. Um, Kyle Brackey, why don't you give us a uh, – so here's here's the rundown. Give us a little wrestle-off nuggets, and then very soon we're going to have uh, Alien Hour with Kyle Brackey with special guest host Caleb Blakeman. But give us the a little Ohio State wrestle-off details for tonight for the yeah, for our viewers so back home. 7.15 Eastern, 6.15 Central, 4.15 Pacific. I think I covered all Mount, of them there. Yeah, because we do not acknowledge mountain time. <clears throat> Remember, that was my edict last year. Um so at 41, we see Luke Pletcher up there uh, for the first time this season against Quinn Kinner, who was 16-2 and two last year Dang. in a red shirt. Two-time New Jersey State champ. Um, so that one would be really interesting. Get to see Sammy Sasso for the first time in a Buckeye singlet. Uh, 57 is pretty interesting. Elijah Cleary and Jane Maddox had pretty similar years last year. Um, kind of the only common opponent is Cleary actually beat Will Luan, and Maddox lost to Will Luan. Um, and that weight feels really up in the air. Um, if the if Keyshawn, because we know he's gonna wrestle at Michigan State at 49, um, if he drops that to Sammy, could we see him go up to 57 mm-hmm. and try to get back in the lineup there? 65, Ethan Smith coming down from 74, ranked 12th to start the year against top four blue chip recruit um, in the class of 2019, Karcha. We mentioned Caleb Romero and how good Rocky Jordan obviously looked in his first match, so that one could be really interesting. And then you get to see Gavin Hoffman at 84 and Colin Moore. Um, I'm not sure why Kevin Snyder's not wrestling, but he won the initial wrestle-off to get to Colin Moore, but they're wrestling Tyler Stein, who lost to Kevin Snyder. I don't know if he got hurt or banged up in that match. 
Um, and then no heavyweight match because Kirk Fleet's getting ready to go to U23 Worlds. Which is next week? Uh, it starts on the 28th. So, yes. Um, so, okay. you know, looking at this, man, I know, you know, we talk about <coughs> what teams <coughs> Christian often brings up, and I've done it in the Crystal Ball rankings. What teams have the most upside relative to their preseason ranking? Um, and we bring up Nebraska a bunch, but also, I mean, I got to say Ohio State. I mean, compared to their projected points preseason, their upside of scoring more is massively lower. I mean, wait, a lot of these, a lot of these guys could, uh, you know, Kirkfleet could rise, Rocky Jordan rise, Smith or Karchla rise, Gavin Hoffman's ranked 17th. What if he's Seventh. Yeah. I mean, Decatur. Decatur. I mean, it's all over the place. And maybe uh, Heinzelman, I don't know how high he could. Maybe he slides into that just behind Rayvon Foley uh, thing as, as I'm with his it. second year. I'm on, I'm on the train that uh, I'm on the train that Heinzelman could be a big, a couple rungs better this year, just based on reps, based on talent, based on size. Yeah. Well, exciting stuff with the Buckeyes. Make sure you're tuning in 7:15 Eastern. Uh, good stuff there. Now, you guys have been waiting for it. Um, I don't think people are ready for it. This has been say. teased for some time, and uh, we actually have. We can say HBO's Caleb Blakeman um, <laughs> is with us. He's joining Kyle Brackett for Kyle Brackett's Alien Hour. Caleb, um, first, welcome and thank hey, you. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a dream of mine to be on your show. Oh wow. Don't, let's you don't have to lie. Let's start with the hat. Now he's a full package. He's the fur trapping Robbie Smith right now. That you're from Wyoming. Correct. Yeah, grew up in the in the cowboy state, the real one. Oh, you know, a lot of fired. Texas people are going to be mad, but uh, now Wyoming's the real cowboy state. Uh, I think I I think we should universally agree that that's true. I mean, I drive around here. This is this is the capital of Texas. There's no cowboys here. I don't see it. Not Dude, a single one. Yeah. There's there's no one riding horses. There's not not a saloon to be found. It's true. There's nothing to rustle. Dude, you live you in to... freaking Austin. Austin is not representative of the state of Texas. Well, like there's, a... there's Austin, there's Dallas, there's San Antonio, there's Houston. That's like where most of the people live in Texas. Yeah, Houston, Dallas, not Hippieville, Austin, USA. <laughs> there ain't it's no cowboys in Houston either. You yeah. went to University of Wyoming too, right? Yeah. Um, correct? Correct, yeah. So, uh, I don't know, uh, LJ Helbig, another oh, yeah. producer with Flo, he and I went to University of Wyoming at about the same time, but we didn't know each other until we started working here at Flo. So. Five, bucks, yeah. you guys trap, five bucks you guys trap beaver pelts together. <laughs> we were talking about it. How many times we got rowdy at, you know, a couple of the Laramie bars, and we were probably there at the same time but didn't even know it. And then there was David Bray. We have a lot of Wyoming connections. Yeah, David Bray was a, on faculty there for a number of years. Um, and then you I went there. Wyoming. Well, yeah, Willie went there. That's right. <laughs> oh, I yeah. forgot. Willie went to. You told me this, Willie. He went to 40% of the Big 12, including affiliate schools. So um, there's <laughs> that going forth. But enough educational talk. We're here to learn about the real issues. We're here to learn about aliens and intrigue, and Caleb and Kyle take it away. So Caleb emailed me about this like two weeks ago and was like, hey, you got to check out this story from around where I'm from in Wyoming. 
um, and it inspired him to do a, a short or short little show, pitch it to HBO at least. Correct. So take over, man. We, uh, we it all started when I was a I was a car salesman back in Wyoming, <laughs> and uh, this customer had come in with a bunch of photos of of cattle that had been like supposedly alien abducted or mutilated or whatever and they were actual photos and I know this person I got really intrigued so I started doing a little research about the area well in 1974 actually to the day this is the 45th anniversary of October this, 24th correct oh wow gosh. this abduction holy so this it is happened perfect. to work out that I tell this story today but anyway this dude named Carl Higdon uh was elk hunting, decided that he was going to call into work, he was going to play hooky for the day, and he was going to go up to uh, Medicine Bow National Forest, and he was going to go shoot some elk, because that's what you do in Wyoming. You shoot your animals, and that's how you eat through the winter. So he decides he's going to go, and he runs into a couple of dudes on his way out there, and they're like, hey, man, check out this area. There's, you know, we didn't get out there because our truck was, you know, broke down, but if you can get out there, thanks for helping us. That's where to go. So on his way out there, he runs into another buddy who's going up further north, but he says, hey, you know, the elk are moving down there, so you'll probably see it, but I've been seeing some weird shit, so be careful. <laughs> on his way out there, he uh, gets into some elk, and he's getting ready to take a shot at one. Well, as he pulls the trigger, the gun fires, but he doesn't feel the kick, and there's no sound. And he sees the bullet just kind of like exit the gun and just kind of float in front of it and then just kind of drop to the ground Mm -mm. totally not you know what's supposed to happen if you guys know what hunting is all about it's definitely not supposed to go that way goes over to pick up the bullet to see what had happened and all of a sudden the sound comes back and he hears rustling behind him turns around comes face to face with a humanoid like creature oh yeah somebody who's about six and a half seven feet tall yellow skin big teeth no lips no chin uh staring at him yeah huge big chompers (laughs) anyway he remembers little bits and pieces he remembers this thing being able to speak to him without speaking like he could hear this voice and it was very conversational was like hey you want to come with us before he knew it he was up in this craft and he was flying the numbers he was saying like 165 light miles from earth and that's what the alien kept saying light miles not light years 165,000 yeah light miles so he goes to this place and he is experiencing this new planet with these giant structures and these you know humanoid creatures and he runs into some actual people and they're you know younger people and then there's a guy who you know physical specimens are good looking people right well he's talking to these aliens they do a couple tests on him they're like well you're not what we're looking for so we're going to take you back and before he knows it he's flying back and he ends up 10 miles from where he was abducted from up on a ridge line he doesn't remember how he got on the ridge line but 10 miles away uh very hard to get to very hard to hike to uh, and his, he has no memory and people are out looking for him. People are, uh, searching for him. And as they're searching for him, they find his truck and it's up on another ridge line. Definitely not possible for a truck to get up there. Just like it was picked up and like placed mm-hmm. on the, on the oh boy. ridge line. So anyway, I'm reading all this and I'm getting really fascinated. And the deeper I dive into this, the more 
credit this guy has as an abduction story. Uh, the alien offered him some some food and he ate it. So when they did a blood test, he had all these vitamins and stuff in his system. And he was like hyper, like vitaminized. He was like super hydrated. He was super, had all these nutrients and stuff in his system. So his healing time from when he was discovered was cut in half. Not only that, uh, he had tuberculosis when he was a kid and all the scar tissue that was built up in his lungs. When they did an x-ray, the scar tissue was gone. Oh my gosh. Had no scar tissue. Dang. If only anyway, they this, Doc this whole big story came out, and nobody really did anything because it's Wyoming, and you know nobody in Wyoming really believes this stuff. It's always just kind of a cool story. Well, a friend of mine and I, we got into it, and we decided that we were going to do it as part of a a film that we would do for the state of Wyoming. It was going to be. Uh, I have another interesting Bigfoot story I might have to tell on another episode. Oh, I'll baby. Tell. You can be a recurring guest. Yeah, hey, 100%. Awesome. Just, just different segments. <laughs> but anyway, so we decided to do this. Well, an opportunity came along where we could pitch it to the Project Greenlight series on HBO. So we did this big pitch, uh, came up with everything, and there was a few rounds of voting on Facebook. We uploaded our video to Facebook, and uh, it got voted on. There was four rounds. We got up to the third round, and then after that, it was like the top eight got picked, and we were uh, unfortunately not picked. But, yeah. Sounds like you so, made the round of 16. That's, yeah. that's a pretty solid run in NCAA wrestling. So when this when this guy got abducted, um, was it like, so he was on the craft, and then they took him to like a city? They took him to like this planet. Okay. It was... And not too long ago, I'd say five years ago, they discovered a group of planets that are kind of in that distance away. But he showed up to this planet, and this whole planet was like a city, and all these structures were like giant Seattle space needles and just kind of like huge monolith structures. And They ripped off Seattle. That's yeah, bullshit. basically. <laughs> hey, Caleb. Yo. So what happened with – I mean, this the genesis of, of your involvement in it was uh, this Higdon guy, right? Correct. With these cattle mutilations, any you uh, follow up on any of that? Any developments Act, with that? Actually, yeah, I've I've not spoken to Carl personally, uh, but I've done a lot of research on him. But I've also kind of done a lot of digging uh, in certain areas. The the area we wanted to film at Jeffrey City is this ghost town. It was like in the '90s. It shut down all of a sudden due to energy and whatnot in the state, and like people just packed up and left this town. So. We did a lot of research on this town. We went and explored this ghost town buildings that were just abandoned, a brand new high school that never been used and shit like that. It was it was really cool. <laughs> and <then> cattle <laughs> cattle mutilation. Uh, we did find a few cases that were real. Um, we got to talk with. I spoke to the person I was trying to sell a car to. Uh, I talked to a couple other ranchers in the area. They all have similar stories. You know, strange lights in the sky. Uh, waking up the next day, finding cows that have markings on them that are unexplainable. Okay, so I want to see where you're, as you know, Caleb, I am the show skeptic, skeptic Okay. when it comes to aliens. So I want to see where you're coming from here. Um, coming into this, before you heard these stories of abduction and a guy becoming vitaminized and <laughs> other things like that, what, where were you on the alien thing? Were you like, yeah, I believe, I don't believe. Were you a skeptic as well? Or were you kind of someone that eh, always kind of like, yeah, there's something else out there, and they're definitely taking um, Wyoming hunters and taking them to foreign cities? <laughs> you know, the more I do research on different things, the more I find that, 
you know, maybe it's not aliens. I've had experiences of my own that I can't explain. And the only thing that I can say is, you know, lights in the sky are definitely defined as UFOs. So, you know, I've seen UFOs and uh, I've talked to other people that have experienced things. There's also different cases of hunters and stuff going missing in national forests and national parks. And nobody really knows. I would chalk that up to bears. But keep going. Also, yes, that could very well be. <laughs> but then... Uh, I'm more of a bear truther <laughs> Sure. Aliens. And very, very... Could very well happen, you know, tons of bears in Wyoming, tons of grizzlies and stuff. So uh, I, I would say I'm a skeptic, but wouldn't it be cool if it were all real? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm always yeah. asking questions, but, you know, I'm, hey, can we I'm open to, to a... being proven that they're, career, yeah. that they're real. Can we go back to a point that occurred in this story? Uh, sure. Because I've always, been, I've always been an alien guy. Not that I... Not that I, uh, not that I wanted to believe. Not that I like forced myself to believe. Just in the sheer mathematical probability, I guess it's like there's lots of space out there, so there's probably oh, yeah. other beings. But so I'm going to pose this question now. In your story, in this man's story about he's going elk hunting, he encounters uh, another another cryptid or another, you know. Humanoid. humanoid. Mm-hmm. And the humanoid says to him, or like alien, for lack of better for lack of better term. Uh, this alien says to him, Do you want to come with us? Now, I'm gonna propose to each of you knuckleheads on this show. <laughs> alien comes down, you're parking your car at night, Piles is driving the Piles is driving the minivan with no hood on it, and an alien comes down and says, Piles sup. And Pyle says, "What's good?" Stop. Yeah, he says, "What's good?" And the alien says, "You want to hang out? We're gonna go up there for a little bit." Take a first. Pyle's, your answer is, "What's your answer?" Absolutely not. Under no circumstances. <laughs> You're not going to space. I'm not going to space. I, no, I, I have no interest in that. Oh, I'm absolutely hanging out with the aliens. Me you got to pull the trigger. That's yeah. It's a, yeah. a once-in-a-lifetime oper- experience. Exactly. An opportunity like that. And what if it. they're cool? <laughs> Apparently, they were pretty rad, you know, hooking them up with treats and showing them all the hot, you know, alien <laughs> chicks that they picked up in other places. <laughs> they cure TB. Not all aliens are, you know, bad people, right? Sure. Just like not all humans are bad people. Yeah, I know. But just a, a trip with a... I mean, it's just day one stuff. Are should you get in vehicles with strangers? The answer is no. Okay, should you do it? But but you guys make an exception. Kyle, you're about to be a father. Are you gonna tell young Hayden, hey, if you happen upon a seven foot yellow figure with giant teeth, and he says, "Come with me," you'll say, "Give it a spin, Hayden. Let me know how it goes." (laughs) Yeah, because it's Olivia. It's an alien. It's not a person. Right. I mean, you're going to go down in history as the guy who went with the aliens, you know? Yeah. No, you're not. But you not. also have a gun. You're going to go down in history as yes. the guy that no one believes. Carl's a legend. Carl is a yeah, legend Carl in the legend. state of Wyoming. Do you but know he Carl? he did have his hunting rifle, too. So, you know, he he's packing killed. heat. He's packing heat. Yeah, he didn't even feel threatened by the alien. Not even like, one bit. The alien yeah. was like, you got a rad gun, but you got to keep that because, you know, Dang. it's on our style. Caleb, are you, are you taking that journey? 165 light miles. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Life is a highway. Right. You know? <laughs> so they, they, they find him on this ridge line. Yeah. He's like, 
really far away from his car that he Honda couldn't Ridgeline, have got probably. to. Correct. How did, how long was he like out there before they found him? So he went missing and they looked for him for like 26, 27 hours. Okay, and then they found him. They ended up finding him. So he was only gone like a day. A okay. day. But about he, the time it takes he to get ten miles only, away. Say that again. About the time it would take to get ten miles away. Sure, but he experienced only two hours of time difference. Okay. What felt like to him? The the interesting thing to me is the truck. Yeah. That that the truck couldn't get up there. That is. This is what I'm really excited for. So CP will be one day abducted. Okay. <laughs> And he will he will try to tell everybody what happened. This happened to me. I swear. Da, 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 this da. this will make me. And I, then and then we will not believe you. Except, <laughs> hold on. I'm I am the most credible person here. No, you're not. All you guys. I'm more credible than all you guys. You guys already believe. Okay. I do not believe. Okay. So if I come back and I say that I do, it's a lot more likely I would. Yeah. We'll just poo poo you. No, he's just trying to fit in. Whatever. Trying to fit in. Yeah, if I was trying he, to fit in, I would to, agree. I would, I, he wants to be like all the alien believers. What yeah. Well, is? Christian, there are square. <laughs> there are that was there are thing. ridges and mountains and stuff that a vehicle could not get to. I, I know. That's I why believe. I'm saying I actually do find that interesting. So I went and hiked these ridges. I went and found these locations where he was found and then where his truck was found. It's in some deep, thick woods. It's uh, is that in the video? Uh, no, that's just all Jeffrey City and then, like, uh, kind of the county around. It's super eerie place in the video. I, we loaded it up if we wanted to watch it. Oh yeah. Roll that. How long would it be? Should we footage? watch it? Yeah, yeah roll it. Yeah. Right. Do we have the Phil? rights to this? Do not get us. Oh, no, no, HBO. we're good. This is my video. This <laughs> is video. Okay. Um, HBO's Caleb Blankman presenting his video. Here we go. After the peculiar vanishing of her fiancé, a judicious woman, Gabe Morton, seeks the answers to the disappearance and the other strange occurrences around the isolated ghost town. Written by Caleb Blakeman and Jacob Mickelson, Fire on High is a dark sci-fi thriller based on actual events in 1985 Jeffrey City, Wyoming. A once booming uranium town, the now busted Jeffrey City's population has plummeted by 95% in three years. Mary Lou Sims, a young game warden, and her fiancé, Carl Digbo, are one of the few families that still remain. With money tight and no job for Carl, Mary works extremely hard to keep the financially strained family afloat in the abandoned mining town. Plagued by strange dreams and restless nights, Mary struggles to do her job in the now disheveled village. But bizarre things begin happening in the frozen prairie. Strange lights in the sky, stolen property, and missing livestock. With no police force within 70 miles, it falls on Mary to serve as the tiny town's makeshift constable. After finding his pickup several days later, Mary seeks out answers. Mary pleads for help from the grizzled county sheriff, Wilbur Crooks. But corruption, crime, and the county's economic crisis cripple the department. Mary's on her own. She must overcome high tensions, isolation, ridicule, and the harsh Wyoming winter to find out what happened to her love. My name is Caleb Blakeman. I'm an amateur filmmaker out of Wyoming. Uh, I have about six years of experience in uh, television and film production. Uh, this is my friend and frequent collaborator, Jacob Mickelson. Uh, he's uh, an administrator and uh, writer-producer. We've worked together on several projects, and uh, he and I are both huge fans of HBO and the Project Greenlight series. We should get the green light because of three reasons. One, the location. Jeffrey City is an actual modern ghost town, and it serves as a, a wonderful opportunity for a unique location 
two with the state's uh, incentives and cheap lodging and food and then the ease of finding crews, uh, it would be financially feasible for us to shoot the entire eight episode series on under $25,000. And number three, uh, the series. Fire on High is based on actual events that happen in the area and uh, we wrote it to be a web series uh, exclusively. So. Uh, with comparable shows like Longmire and The X-Files, we think there's a lot of commercial appeal. So, that said, please vote for Fire on High, and uh, thank you for your consideration. That a boy, Blake. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that was our pitch video. You guys were great. You guys were hosts. Look at, yeah. HBO played themselves. The voters played themselves. I loved. Uh, I love how you sat. It was very. Uh, it, was, it was good. It was good. I was <laughs> I'll like, tell you where they screwed up. <laughs> make the whole dang thing for twenty five k. Twenty five k. Yeah, how you? Well, all my buddies That's and stuff. We were all production guys, so we were like, "Yeah, let's just shoot this, and then we'll take money later." And Caleb, then, what? I'll give. I'll give you the twenty five k. Let's get rolling. <laughs> let's do this, man. Let's do this. I'll tell you. The that ghost town footage is crazy. That is nuts. Yeah, that that awesome. is insane. That would have this whole town is just in the middle of nowhere, and that there's... literally is an X Files episode. That is scary to me. Yeah, in a place that like had like six thousand, seven thousand people that lived there. Now only like twenty five, thirty people live there. The, the uranium fields dried up. What happened? Correct. So yeah, it was uh, over by Split Rock, which is a stop on the Oregon Trail. Oh my God! Uh, they found a bunch of uranium, and they still mine it out there. But uh, the boom that was happening kind of fell off after uh, Chernobyl and like Three Mile Island or whatever. Yeah, you know. Uh, so it kind of fell off, and then everybody just kind of moved out and went back to the oil fields, which are around, but definitely not in the area. So everybody just kind of left, and it was a wonderful opportunity. We've been looking for an idea to use this town, zombie movie or mm -hmm. you know, something. But we've we've always gone out there elk hunting or bird hunting or, you know, just hiking around and stuff and it, You know, we took spots. uh we took Kyle Brackey from the marketing department. I feel like, you know, Caleb Blakeman, pretty good content guy. <laughs> I, I don't know. know, Caleb Eric Helton better watch I'm, out. You know, I've always I've always liked doing stuff like this. So if you guys need some help, maybe here's the play. Okay. Give it to me. Caleb and I chased down some of these alien hours we've had. Mm -hmm. And with his, like, filmmaking expertise. And your curious mind. Exactly. It's a it's a beautiful combination that could produce some content that I know floor wrestling fans want. Yes, and need. Well, I'll, I'll give you one satisfied customer right now. Northern Colorado head coach Troy Nickerson. Hey. it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. awesome. What do you say? He's loving he, it right now. Yeah. I said, this is the greatest alien hour of all time. He said, heard talks about this, but never heard it myself. Complete nonsense, yet absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. Well, or is hey, it, coach? Or is it, coach? I'm going to make a pitch right now to the higher-ups at Flow. Okay. We should start Flow Aliens. And I'm telling you, there's people that are going to pay for this these films that Caleb makes. <laughs> we we'll need just to start get a them to play like lacrosse against each other or something to fit into yeah. the sports angle. But sure. you know, that's that's just details at this point. I don't even Why think not? we need that. We don't need that. I just, just it's like it's a competitive sport, alien yeah. hunting. Not like hunting to mill, kill, but like hunting to just find. Find, yeah. Not it's like, like when you fish, you throw them back, sure. right? Mm -hmm. Catch and release. 
Well, this has been uh, an all-time alien hour. I think we might one. need you back on for your Bigfoot story. I've got several of these stories, you guys. Oh, this well, was, I want yeah, to hear part about of this whole big film <laughs> that was called Weird Wyoming. There's Bigfoot, there's bears, there's aliens, there's ghosts. I've got this, you guys. Wyoming I think we in West Virginia. Right now, though, oh, Two no, we can't. Fantastic places for this show. So but, it's perfect. Um, and also, I really want to hear about your personal encounters too, because it sounds sure. like you've had some of yeah, those. Yeah, this that man you just has can't seen explain. UFOs. Yeah. I, I hate to say I've seen aliens, but there are lights in the sky that I can't explain. They were unidentified flying objects. Well, hey, let's get Dang. you back on, on Alien Hour. Let's get them in the rotation. Caleb. Yes. All right. All we right. need to make this maybe like a, a monthly thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, if that's the case, I need to get my man <laughs> Phil Hopwood in the back there to be directing while I do these pieces then. We need to get Phil on board. Uh, <laughs> we'll work with Phil. that. I think Phil can make it happen. Hell yeah. Philip just said he just came in. He's on board. We're all on board. Hell yeah. Thank you, Caleb Blakeman. Awesome, guys. Thank well you. done. Thank you, Caleb. Standing Anytime. O. Anytime. That was excellent. Now, I'm sure you have a lot of questions after something like that. I know we all do. But let's go to the questions that our friends have. Um, it's one of our favorite segments. It's uh, We only have like two segments, really. Alien Hour and Questions from Friends. And then we have innumerable one-time segments that we will, I'm sure with the season coming up, we'll have plenty of those. But let's go. First question. Dave Snyder at D underscore Snyder 77. Penn State lost a lot of bonus points from Nolf and Nickel. Who steps up to fill the void? Or could this become an issue? So who do we think comes up and becomes a uh, the pinning tech falling machines that Jason Nolf and Bo Nickel were for the Nittany Lions in years past? Kassar. Kassar, who in a way sort of kind of was – he had how – We've been uh, spouting his bonus stats for a while now, um, but I can never remember them, so that's helpful. But he had a pretty high bonus rate. It's 70-ish percent, a lot of pins. Yeah, 70.1 percent. I was way off. Um, but so that's a definite guy that could, which is crazy because the bigger guys tend to be tougher to pinfall. But uh, young Anthony finds a way. Um, I could see – Hmm, who else? I feel like at this point, Hall and Chinzo are just going to be big-time point scorers, but they are I don't know if they'll ever be the you know, 85% bonus dudes getting a lot of pins and techs uh, type of guys. I know, like, right, the refrain, well, they're not going to have another David Taylor and Ed. And then it's like, well. Another Nolf Nickel, Zane. But, but you st- – Okay, this is not me like doubting Penn State or Kale or the coaching staff in any way. It's just those guys are historically great. Those guys are his, like the the numbers that they put up are video game numbers. So it is reasonable to say you can't replicate it. It if, doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It doesn't mean RBY or Kassar or you Nick know Nick Lee. I think is a candidate. yeah Nick Lee, Bo, Robbie, any of those guys can't do it. It's just that's insane. You're either you're either going to. What what you're saying is that basically every generation or what I'll, what I'll consider every four years is going to have one to two people that are historic every four years. That's that is a, that mean, is insane. I mean, they rewrote the record book in terms of top ten all time scorers. Yes. Right, and Hodge winners, and like it just completely shifted to how many Nomad? Do you have that in front of you? Like how many all time top twenty scorers? Five. Have Five, come sure. ju- from Penn State in the last seven years, six years. 
Well, I know that uh, this past year, Bo and Nolf kicked out Take and Zane from the top ten. Yeah. And then you had Taylor in there, Ruth, uh, as I mentioned, Ruth is Zane. They have five in the top twenty, easy. Probably yeah. Five in the top so they have, fifteen. And then Quentin. And they're all from. Quentin's and they're like, all from uh, in the sixties. Right. So, but five of the top twenty all time have been from Penn State in the last seven eight years. Yeah, the first the first batch graduated in twenty fourteen. Yeah, they have like a third of the top fifteen. In okay. Five, in, right. In, so. So. <laughs> that's that's insane. That's like, insane. That's insane. Uh, again, not to doubt anyone, just that that means that your your track record is once every four years you have to produce a top fifteen, which if you keep doing this, then it expands to like top twenty, top twenty five, but a historically, you know, seventy, eighty, ninety plus point guy. That two, is an extremely difficult rate to keep them. up. Yeah, no, two it's of them. Not just one, two of them, because they've had yeah. five with a zane and, in between. And, oh, by the way, <clears throat> and oh by the way, a sixth one. And the top fifteen is their coach, right? right. Yeah, yeah, he's he's number one. Yeah, yeah. that he is. So, goodness. come on, come on. But that's insane. Yeah, I mean, you know, after and think about this though, you know, after Bo's redshirt year, I, I was I was extremely bullish on Bo coming into that year for sure. But even then, there there were not a lot of signals. You know, he had. He had the McCauley loss, and he was he was fine, but not amazing. And Nolf kind of had a more, oh, wow, redshirt year because he beat Real Buto. And I think we all thought they were going to be super good. But, you know, it, it makes you think there's there's real development that happens in those first couple of years. So maybe, uh, you know, we I mean, could see it, see it from, our, I'll from go, RBY or Nick Lee. I'll go back to it. I mean, when you're talking about – when you're talking about big borders – you know, Bo was seventh or something, and Rutherford was, I don't know, fifth or something. Um, you can't say, well, they were high on the big board, and so it's not really that surprising. Um, there's plenty of top ten big boarders that don't do what they did, uh, number one. And Every number two, I, I, I'll keep going back to say what you want. Zane was, you know, at the top of the charts. You know, he was – Super 32 finalist a couple of times. He won Fargo. He was Pennsylvania State champ. Everybody knew what Zane Rutherford was. He won Ironman. I'll go back to it. That dude had close matches as a senior in high school. That dude had to pull magic out of the hat to beat Joey Galasso in Powerade quarters. All right? There was no signal that Zane Rutherford was going to produce historic bonus rates in college. Yeah. He had his junior year. I, I I'd have to go back and look at Kale, but he finished early, right? Meaning either Tech or Pin, twenty-four of twenty-seven guys he wrestled. Wow. As a junior? Yes. Golly. Find me another season that that's happened. That is amazing. The, the match was terminated early. They're like, hey, this is we can't keep we going can't, like this because he's literally killing you. There's kids watching. Throw the damn towel. Yeah. So, man, I also, if I mean, at this point, we're just identifying candidates, like who it could be. We don't know. Aaron Brooks is a guy I could see being a big-time scorer. I think he's stupendous. Right. Okay. Beard. Beard's going to be problems. Really? 
Beard is going to be problems. problems. Yeah. I mean, I liked mm -hmm. him in high school, but I don't know. Mark Hall has an outside shot of getting in the top 25. Really? If he has like a super dominant. Um, if he has like a super dominant senior NCAA. What's he at right now? He's at 60. Yeah, he needed like a 25. And yeah, the the line is 84 to 86 to kind of get in that in that yeah. range. So you, you but think it's a good shot to be top 30. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not saying. Hey, look. Let me let me be clear. Uh -oh. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that Michael Beard. I'm picking Michael Beard to finish his career top 20 in points all time. I'm saying he's going to have a very high bonus rate. Hmm. Okay. We shall see. All right. What weight class is going to have the highest probability of a low-seeded guy making an NCAA final? My okay. mind ran to two weights, 41 and 49. It's 149. Oh, excuse me. I mean, I, I just did the preview. Like, oh, first of all, preview. first of all, no one's going to be undefeated. There's going to be the the, I, the my key dates thing is two pages long. As far as like guys are all going to hate each other. The Big Twelve is an absolute monster. So, mm -hmm. so there's going to be a guy who's going to be like the ten seed. And you're like, yeah, that that guy legitimately has a chance of winning. Mm -hmm. Got it. Whereas, I don't, I don't think 141 goes down that far you know uh our friend andrew spencer spay put out a poll asking who is more likely to win a title at 141 a combination of demas lee and pletcher or the field and the people were split 50 50 which i think is insane because i think back to pie charts the demas lee pletcher combo is well over 50 percent in my mind likely to win the title that means that demas lee alone may be like over that much for me in my mind my perception of the weight class that means like each individual one is if, if you average them out is at 18 less than 17 percent yeah I so would, less than one in five i don't know about that yeah i would say it's a strong so you're saying it's a strong likelihood it's one of those three okay. i give them all like 25 each like okay 20, or i mean roughly but about 25 percent each and then the field gets the last 25 so you're with me yeah. Okay. Not not the people. Not, but it's space followers. So what does that mean? Whereas 149, you know, <laughs> I put with no reservations Brayton Lee in the list of contenders, and he's ranked number 11. And then oh yeah, there's this kid Andrew Alirez who's not ranked start of the year because he's a true freshman. Calm down, everyone who gets mad about that. Uh, that could also be right in the mix. So I think it's 149. Got it. What if uh? What if Alirez went 41? Do we know definitively he's going 49? Yeah. That sounds horrible. He's going 49. He look, he, I think he'd be... He's not big a, on cutting weight. He's fine. Well, that's, that's... You can make that excuse. He's not that big. Oh, you don't think? I mean... No. Uh, well, I mean, he weighed in super light for who's number one. I know that was two years ago. He was a guy that I thought was going to keep um, growing, and he never did. He, he like, started his... I remember one year uh, when I changed, you know, the, the season was over in March, uh, April, and I typically move a guy up a weight class. He wrote me. He was like, no, dude, I'm small. I'm staying down. I'm. He's like, I wrestled up this year. I don't know. He's, he's always been a little smaller than 
kind of what he wrestled. Anyway, if he's not, he's not. But I, I, I thought it would be a thing if he was wrestling 41. So he wrestled in the 2016 Super 32. So his sophomore year, because it would have been 16-17 season, the start of it. He wrestled 120. And I think after that is what you're talking about, Will. Like, after that year yeah. where you had him in, like, 2632, he's like, yeah, it's never going to happen. So I think he also may be one of those guys who cut a lot of weight as a kid and was like, Psh, yeah. screw this. I'm good here. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, he'll be 49. And I think he is going to be probably 49 for life because he wants to be a 65 for <clears throat> freestyle. All right, here's a question. That I put in here because I thought a reply was more interesting than the question itself. Is Teasdale over DeSanto a thing for the starting spot at 133? To which Sean Warner, father of Jacob, says clearly you haven't been in the open practices at Carver. Which would suggest to me, I read that as it's DeSanto all the way. So, just an interesting Mm -hmm. nugget. I don't know how to answer the question. Truthfully, because I don't know where Gavin's at for the reasons we were talking about a couple shows ago. We don't know where where he, you know, how he fits. But it seems to me Sean Warner doesn't think it's necessarily a thing at this point at 133 pounds. Okay. It is interesting. Yeah. Uh, Compose an Olympic team of current NCAA coaches that have retired from competing. Starting at 57. Let's, should we make it? Not a lot of coaches that I feel can make 57. Angel Escobedo. Sure. I was thinking Zeke just because even Angel's probably gotten a little Zeke? Bigger. I'm thinking guys who can make the weight. I'm, I want to win. Zeke, Zeke's, <laughs> hey, Zeke's great. But his heyday was some, I'm pretty sure it was Clinton era. Angel, so, can you make 57? He can make it. On a week notice. A week notice? I, you know, I don't know. Why I don't does want to speak for week? him. Yeah, why does he need a week? <laughs> it's the Olympic team. You just put a fake time, time period of time. About, uh, How many of our Olympians can make the current weight in a week? Awesome. Yeah. No. Yeah. About Olympic champion uh, Tom Brands. At 57? I don't know. How big is he now? <sighs> yeah. He's not huge at all. Just I, I, I don't think he is at his competition weight. Maybe 61. 61, if yeah. Weight. If we can bring that weight back, I'd say him. I'm going to say right now probably Angel. We should make it head coaches too because it's more interesting that way. Shout out Indiana. Well, they sent us some great stickers. Yeah, I, considered, one right here. I considered putting one on my laptop. But my laptop is very just flow-themed. What about Nickerson? No, I'm trying to go Colby status and I like that. Just cover it. I feel like Nickerson. Um, who's I'm listening? Just making a guess. Yeah, Nickerson's good. Well, but Angel had better. No, no, I, freestyle. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. No offense. I do think Troy could make 57 like, sooner than most of these guys, though. Yeah. Well, we'll have to. We'll have a wrestle off. We'll we'll do it the right way. All right, 65. <sighs> Doug. Doug Schwab? I don't know if Bono can make... Doug looks lean. Doug does. Doug looks a couple workouts away. <laughs> you call him Bono Husky? No, he's not, I, not at all. I just think he's a bigger person. <laughs> no, Bono can make 43. I don't know. Bono not. can make 43. Imagine that. We get we get Brands in there, too. Brands, Schwab, Bono. 
Yeah, I'm I'm taking Schwab because one, he most recently made a team. He's closer to the weight. Yeah, I'm saying Schwab, um, but you know, could could definitely be a Bono brands for sure. Uh, 74. Well, I'm gonna go with the. Well, he's an assistant, so it doesn't count. Freyer. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm gonna go with the guy who just placed at 74 at the U.S. Open, but he's an assistant. One. Who can make 70 – who would be 74? How about Pan Am champion Kyle Rochelle? That's a good Let's one. go. Yeah. I like a, it. I don't know. Um, he's looking at the – this is a smart Let's way to go see. about it. We could bump Metcalf. No, he's an assistant too. Yep. Um, all right. I think good luck beating – in terms of head coaches, good luck uh, beating Kyle Rochelle. I think he's the guy. Man. You know who I bet is still sneaky, like just beats the hell out of people? Pat Santoro. Hmm. I could see that. But he's I bet a big dude. I know, he's but I bet cute. Santoro every once in a while just goes in the room and is like, "All right, boys, Let's go. who's getting smoked today?" What about uh, what? Wait, would we have uh, Coleman Scott at? Because he could, he could be very good <laughs> on the be, team. Sixty-five. Seventy-four. Yeah, I, I'm not. Sixty-five would be a fun bracket then. Sixty-five Schwab versus Scott. That's interesting. Okay, I forgot about Coleman. That's a great point. Okay, Colot. It feels like Coleman's definitely on. Kerry. Sixty-five is insane. <laughs> oh, we need to actually make this bracket happen. Schwab, Bono, Colat, Scott, Brands. Oh, I got one for seventy-four because he was getting Kyle Dake ready for Final <laughs> yes. X. Rob Cole is on that. <laughs> Rob Cole is the rep at 74. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle Rochelle, but this guy's subbing in for Gabe Dean. Uh, 86. Um, Keith Gavin. No. Or, Arm Dragon. So here's here's what, here's where it's going to get interesting. Keith Gavin's an interesting one, but I'm pulling Kale, uh, Kale Norman Sanderson down. Oh, I'm going him at 97. He's big. No, because here's, here's what I'm doing. I'm, try- I'm optimizing this You're team. You're sucking these guys down, I'm man. I'm sucking them down. And listen up, Brandon Agum. I need you to make the weight. I want you world silver medalist down at 97 that was kilograms. Once a, that was once an actual battle for a world team spot. Yes. Kale Sanderson was Brandon Agum. Yeah, but I want, them, I want the best of both worlds. Man, I want both, both guys on this they're fake They're both squad. big. Yes. They're both real, like, those are those are monsters. No, 213 for Brandon Agum is, is, is reasonable. 86 about- for Kale, okay, but you know what? That's two more kilos than he had uh, when he made the team in 2011. Has Kale gotten that much bigger since 2011? I don't know, maybe not. It's a fake team. My team is winning right now. That is that is a good team. That's a, that's, what about Damien? Can Damien make I think Damien's in the 125 wrestle-off right now. He's going to – him? Damien's big. Not, not if you talk well, – I mean, he's – yeah, right now. But if – I mean, maybe if you gave him eight days, Nomad, instead of seven, he'd start to get his <laughs> act together. This is – it's going to be – Coach Han, um, he's a factor here, but I like him. I like him on full feet at 125, him versus Tervell. That's right. that's interesting. Now, Tervell's no, not, Tervell's not, not a head Tervell's coach. not a head coach. Oh, he's not a head coach. All right, so we got Greenlee. We got Han. Greenlee. Greenlee's got a pull. Greenlee. <laughs> he needs he needs some days. How many weeks? How many weeks we given Joel? Uh, two and a half. Two and a half weeks. All right. What other heavyweight? There's not. He'll make, he'll uh, make the weight. There's not a lot of heavyweight head coaches. Joel I think Sheriff. I think we got a squad. Though. I think it's I think it's Damien. <clears throat> all right. So here's here's my squad. 
you can deviate how you like. But I'm saying um, Angel. Good luck picking 65. Schwab. Uh, Kyle Rochelle. I'm sticking with him. Kale Sanderson, Brandon Agum, Damian Hahn. Let's go. And we got some. We got some Let's good, go. We got some See good you depth in Tokyo. Too. We got some good depth, too. Our depth is deep. What a squad we just assembled of, of Division One head coaches. Depth is deep. Our depth is deep. <laughs> okay. Um, that was a fun activity. Thank you, Mike Knight at Mikey that underscore team gets, 157. That team rolls out of bed and gets like eighth. Oh, yeah. It's a nasty squad. We did good with that one. Uh, real quick roundtable. Karchlow versus Smith. Who you got? Who's picking who? So Mike Mal and I are going to do a video here after the show talking about this match. Ooh. And so I've been watching videos of both guys. Uh, Carson Karch is going to win. That is what I feel also as well. We actually have a video of those two going live when we were there on Ooh. the final X trip, which I'm going to put up later today. Um, and Karchla got on legs whenever he wanted to. He also got on Sammy Sasso's legs whenever he wanted to. Yes. He's really good on his feet. He's a good scrambler. And he's tough to score on himself. He has great hips. Yeah. I got Karchla. I got him too. Is that you? Everyone's got uh, Carson. Yeah, I also do, just if he drops like Ethan, an eight two on on Ethan Smith, run with him. run him. Ethan at sixty five too. Man. Yeah, was, that's what I'm talking big, about. Man, he's eight two in high school and yeah. If he put if he throws up a, a six point win on Smith, maybe he's a top five guy. Yeah, just wait. Put him in, and then put we're starting in. to see. And that's the main thing. I, it was something I wanted to say and didn't. As while Willie was talking about like. Why use Singletary? Why do these things with, you know, maybe this guy will be top four by the end of the year. Ohio State knows what they have in that room better than any of us, right? So they're making sure. decisions based on they, – yeah. they, they've, they've had some squads through the years. So they know they see some certain things like, okay, this team's a little better than maybe you realize because it's a lot of young up-and-comers. So, man, I'm getting really excited for this, uh, for this team in general. Okay. With all these Olympic redshirts, does the NCAA year look much wider open than usual? I'd say individual weight classes are more wide open than yeah. potentially usual. The team race is still like Penn State, Iowa. The 3-4 trophy is more wide open than I can that remember. That is shenanigans. I can remember. <laughs> like maybe, maybe going into NCAAs, we've had years where there's been three to five teams, but I can't remember a preseason – where you're like, yeah, number twelve could they could win a trophy. Legitimately. And you're Legitimately. not like you're not like talking yourself into it. You're just like, yeah, this is this pretty pretty possible. It's not even totally crazy. Um okay, here's a good question that has a very clear answer. Can Flow Wrestling do a live show for the fantasy draft? If you want it to be all of our last days of employment. I, listen. Saboteur. Efren Salinas is trying to get us all fired. He wants to film this so bad. I'm like, Efren, that'd be the end of it. It'd be over. Come on. Close up shop. Come on. Can we have this one thing? Can we have one moment of privacy? A moment of candor where we can make it. fun of picks like friends. We can talk like sailors. I said, yeah. <laughs> you know, Robbie Howard's coming at me because I said that Shane Griffith wasn't my most anticipated must-watch guy for true freshman or redshirt freshman coming off the board because Willie said he was. You know, I can't even say things like that. 
without drawing the ire of fans. Imagine the things. Imagine the things. Just imagine. Use your imagination what Willie might say yeah, during I, this thing. Listen, I've been, I've been trying to get this on video for like at least three years. And at the end of the day, we all say, no, it's, it's a bad idea. Because, listen, this is what's going to say. Nomad's going to pick. Actually, not Nomad. Somebody's going to pick. Somebody that's, yeah, been I think. Uh, yeah, I, I think somebody's going to pick somebody that is regard. Uh, I would think is stupid. Why are you picking him that early? Why are you picking him now? What? And I will stay. That's a dumb pick. You just wasted your pick. What an idiot. And then that person will see that. And he'll just hate on us. Wow, you guys are really crapping on us. That's wow. a bad pick, Willie. And right? literally every and, pick, you are picking someone over someone else. So everyone yeah. is going to pick someone over someone else every single round, every single time. So it's just like an infinite combination of hating because it's very easy to hate on people. Yeah. So therefore, it's fine. It's fine. That's it. But no, you can't see it. You'll see the results, but that's it. The conversation is is Nanya status. Okay. But you know what it really is? What it's, is it really? It's, 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 it's y'all can't handle it. You don't get to see it because y'all can't handle it. Well, that's what it is. it's not even just y'all. It's not like just, it's not really fans can't handle it. It's like. The yeah, the wrestlers can't. The coaches can't. Yeah. I mean. Because it's all love. They whine about everything, yeah. So, no. All right. Also, I... yeah, I would drop several F-bombs, right? I mean, that's a thing, too. Yeah. That is the language definitely... in there? L language. is mostly of... English. but Some of us curse more in our private lives than we do in our public lives. Yes. Um, Sometimes we string them together in creative ways. That's That's been, that's been discussed here. All right, Brock Desert. This is important. I want I want Kyle Brackey to give a rundown of his food. He said, can I get a rundown of the caloric intake and workout regimen for Kyle Brackey? I need to get back into shape. <laughs> Kyle Brackey, notorious bad eater guy. But look at him. Just look at him. What can you say? He's a specimen. Specimen. So give us give us a rundown on average day of eating and the workout regimen for Kyle Brackey. Start with the workout regimen because um, it mainly consists of ping pong and spike ball. Um, not, and I walk Hank, um, but not Hank's much big too. So yeah, not much cardio these days. Uh, <laughs> I did my cardio. That's the way I look back. Look at it. I did my fair share <laughs> I, of cardio. I served my time. And weightlifting and not eating what I wanted to eat. And so I, I made a decision a long time ago. I was going to live the rest of my life eating whatever I wanted to make up for all the times that I could not eat what I wanted. And I've lived true to that so far. <laughs> I can confirm. Um, <clears throat> I have an addiction to Coca-Cola. Uh, that's pretty bad. It's probably Big time Coke addict. It's probably three to five cans a day. <laughs> um, if not more, that's an average. And, and early, right? Like maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no time restrictions on this early, right before bed, whenever. Um, I've seen him take a swig and then call it a night. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what else. I, I, I love sweets, big sweets guy. Um, I, I, dinner's usually pretty good though. Cause Olivia's making stuff and you know, we plan out 
the meals for the week and everything. I feel like you start your day at the worst, at rock bottom. Yeah, yeah. Because for you sure. don't really plan. A, you don't plan. I don't. A I don't plan breakfast. I don't have anything at the apartment that I bring in or anything like that. It's just kind of whatever's at Snack Nation. Um, lunch is the same thing. I don't bring lunch like ever. Sometimes I'll go out to eat with these guys, but mostly it's just whatever's hanging around at Snack Nation, which Gardettos. is usually chips or yeah, um, fruit snacks, Rice Krispie treats. Whatever I can get my hands on. Oreos, Famous Amos, sometimes are in there. I had some Skittles yesterday. That was my lunch. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you go home, maybe eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich as a snack before dinner. Uh, I guess I'm kind of good at intermittent, intermittent fasting. Wow. Because I, I usually won't eat. There's times I don't eat lunch, breakfast. You, you know, know, then you eat dinner. They, so. I, had a, I had a person tell me that. Uh, the, the guy on the plane that started talking to me about keto, I was like, yeah, everybody tells me I'm all messed up. You know, I, I was like, I only eat basically once a day. I drink coffee all day long and then I have a meal at night and whatever. And he's like, no, that's a great thing. Apparently it's called intermittent fast, intermittent fasting. And it's a good thing. Everybody's always told me you're nuts. <clears throat> yeah. It's terrible it's, for you. Yeah. Some people, uh, if you can do that, there is a lot of science that it's a good thing for you. Like it's a, the, if you tighten your like eating window, it is a good thing. Or like when you're taking in stuff, I try to do it from like ten to six, but normally that six gets extended a little later. But yeah, it is good for you. So yeah, maybe Willie's been ahead of the curve all the time. Now you inject <laughs> a little keto into it, and we've got a we've got a man with a plan. Dogs are, you know, they're only supposed to eat once a day, so. Yeah, sure it's fine for humans as well. Humans and dogs have pretty similar, uh, yeah, metabolic makes makeups. Definitely, extremely similar. Bailey Brown, <laughs> who writes the poems, I think, <laughs> he says, since we call Yalis Bon and Rodriguez YBR, can we call Ismail Barrero Molina IBM, or is that some sort of copyright infringement? We can absolutely call him IBM, and I don't know why we haven't been, but now we will. It's parody law. Yeah, parody law. Uh, exactly right. I- Ismail Barrero Molina. Um, at Worlds, you see a lot of incredible things. You see Sedge Alive and all these amazing guys. I, there's not many performances at the World Championships that I've seen like what Brer Molina did this year. It was seriously amazing. amazing. Okie doke. Well, 940 deep in the heart of Texas. It's probably time. That's right. We're going to go. We're going to call it a week for FRL. Three straight days. They said it couldn't be done. We did it. They, they called us fools. They said it was crazy. But we showed we have the capacity. We have the mental fortitude. Doubter. We have the physical capabilities to hush all the doubters. And you think it's the only time we're going to do it? No. You think we're done expanding? We don't think so. We've got bigger plans than this. So we thank you so much for listening to 419 episodes of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. Tonight... 7.15 Eastern, 6.15 Central, 4.15 Westland, Oregon, Chael. You can listen. You can watch the Ohio State wrestle off. So please do that. Willie has something to say. And Willie, listen, go. Yeah, yeah, you, don't, you don't have to worry about Thursday Night Football because it's the Redskins. You don't have to watch that garbage. You watch Ohio State wrestle off. <laughs> don't do it. Don't watch them. Shout out to Kurt, the revenge Blankman. of Kirk Cousins is coming. We're gonna. He's going to have the last laugh. 
We're gonna get all our. We're and he's actually our, gonna win because the Redskins aren't above 500. <laughs> we're getting all our lineup reviews of all the top 20 teams. Mm -hmm. We're gonna get in all our previews. We're gonna, we're gonna do probably uh, probably gonna do article for the wrestle off results. We got Iowa State, North Carolina, Ohio State. You know, it's gonna be live on Flow. Yeah, That's a Kyle Bracky special. And we're gonna rerun all the all the lineup reviews for all you fans. And then hey, November 1st is coming up. November 1st. 11 duels. 11 duels that day. Nine of which are D1, are all D1 versus D1. Can't wait for that. Thank you so much. Big opening day. Have a nice weekend. We'll catch up after the, the Wrestling Bucks. Take the mat tonight. See you next time. Thank you.